Welcome to Sanctuary First Day. I'm here at the Enchiro Hotel and I've caught up with Donald Scott, who's a chaplain at one of the Scottish prisons. And uh, Donald, I thought it'd be great to have you to catch up with you today because the theme that we've started in uh, Sanctuary First this month is complex characters. Okay. And I was thinking, who better to understand complex characters than yourself? Because as I guess as a prison chaplain, you find yourself engaging with the complexity of life. Mm -hmm. And uh, then I thought, you know, the reality is that we're all complex characters. Sure. I, I was sure you were calling me a complex character. <laughs> you know, but, yes. but yeah, you're right. I mean, uh, a lot of the people who end up behind bars um, come from very difficult situations, come from situations that um, are hard for them to explain sometimes. And there is a sense in which they're dealing not just with their criminality, but they're dealing with all the different parts of their life that have brought them to that point where they've made either a really, really bad choice or they've mm -hmm. found themselves in circumstances where in order in their mind to alleviate a problem for a loved one of theirs they've done something which has taken them to the wrong side of the law. Do you know, and that's the kind of thing I was thinking about. Like, so today, up on the Sanctuary First site, mm -hmm. is a, we've, we've, uh, we're going to be starting once a week a 45-second video talk. Mm. And <clears throat> we've, we've actually managed to track down Moses. Oh, excellent. <laughs> and, and Moses just, uh, in this cafe, it gives us a 45 minute, a 45 mm -hmm. second talking head about how he ended up a murderer. Okay. And of course, Moses, the murderer, mm. thought he was helping out his nation, didn't Absolutely. he? Absolutely, he was know, a freedom fighter. He was a freedom yeah, fighter, yeah. but he actually murdered the Egyptian. Mm -hmm. the, mm -hmm. So it's, that's the kind of area that yeah. as we go into the Bible and we start looking at these stories and people that are held up as great saints mm -hmm. actually turn out to be complex characters that have got history. Sure. Yeah, and yeah, the point yeah. is I'm trying to make out yeah. of all this is God mm -hmm. can use complex characters and even in the mess of our uh, lives. Absolutely, yeah. And even yeah. when we're still messed up and we've not got everything right, mm -hmm. God can still use us. Mm -hmm. you know, uh, I couldn't agree more. Um, um, one of the things I try and do within the worship sessions that we have in prison is tell the stories, particularly the Old Testament stories. Working through Daniel at the moment, the uh, the Jewish Superman, right. and uh, yeah, we've looked at Moses. In fact, Moses is our poster boy in the front of our chaplaincy leaflet. There's Moses with the tablets of stone and a wee voice saying, "Go no, do that." <laughs> uh, so yeah, we're, we're very fond of saying to folk, you know, if you look at these stories, if you look at the characters that God used. You know, they, they were cheats and thieves like Jacob. They were, you know, murderers like Moses who, you know, thought, thought he was going to, you know, be a freedom fighter for his people, um, who, who turned his back and the people who'd brought him up and the, the country that had brought him uh -huh. up and, and wanted to go off and do something else. So you, you, you've got all these really kind of interesting characters. And the Old Testament doesn't hold back. I mean, there's no glossing over the uh, cracks in the yeah. Old Testament uh, so autobiography. when you find yourself as a chaplain, does that all... That, that then begins to be a real rich source for you to make touching places with sure, people, sure. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I, I quite often say that my job is about bringing God's forgiveness and grace to the guilty. And actually, that's no different from any minister. Mm -hmm. um, it's just a wee bit more immediate, perhaps, behind bars. Because yeah. people have been told by a judge that they've seen face to face, rather than the ultimate judge, you are guilty. And they then have to deal with the ramifications of that. And you know, within the community, we have people who arrive saying, well, 
yes, technically I'm guilty, but you know, um, th there are reasons why I did that. I'm getting and I'm not like these. I'm, I'm really not. I'm, I'm going to write a book about this, and it's it's, it's going to be uh, all good fun and uh, a learning experience. But I'll get rich out of it, um, and then you get guys who say hands up. You know, I, I did this, I was stupid, what are my future choices and, and where am I going with all this? Which is, is great material for a minister to work with and, and yes. to begin to talk through the fact that, that God brings grace into the blackest of situations. Yeah. I had a wee lass who came to see me um, about a week ago now and she was in a mess. And her life had gone from a fairly successful life, she had been an athlete, um, and as a result of probably an abusive situation with her brother, she ended up in drugs and in a complete mess with her life. And she found that reading the Bible and praying was the only thing that stabilised her mind, as she put it, uh, when she was in prison and in an environment where she felt um, almost cloistered. Mm -hmm. um, she, she used the expression of, I get time to, to think and time to pray in here in a way that I just can't in, in the outside world. And I thought oh, that was a very interesting way of kind of looking at it, that he, here was an opportunity to reflect and an opportunity to, to deepen herself spiritually in a way that she wouldn't have been able to take time to do outside because of the, the circumstances that she found herself in. And, and is that some of the times, would you talk to people about that as a positive thing, mm. okay, you've been cut off from your family and friends and this is meant to be a punishment, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but there can be another aspect to this, that it can also be a time for, a, I suppose, transformation. Absolutely, <coughs> absolutely. And you know, you've actually just given us the strap line for uh, the, the organisation I work for, which is about unlocking potential and transforming lives. And that's a fantastic strap line for a prison service. You know, absolutely. To say it's not about locking people away and throwing away the key, but it's actually giving people the opportunity to become good, useful citizens, which makes our whole society a safer place anyway. Um, and and yeah, I. I as chaplains, we, we think it's a, a great strap line because it's what we've always said. And it's, it's an evangelical strap line, if you uh -huh. think. Yeah. But, but it's almost, I mean, if I take this into another area and you tell me if you don't want to go there mm -hmm. because you're not allowed to, but I think about politically, mm -hmm. is this not a challenge for our government and those who are in power and mm -hmm. who make decisions about prisons and the issues that face prisons to... I mean, you always hear mm -hmm. this saying, oh, oh, they go to prison and they've got coloured tellies and they've yeah. got this and they've got yeah. that, you know, it should be a punishment. Mm -hmm. But uh, is it not true that there are many prisons who are overcrowded and the whole situ situation, instead of being helpful, mm -hmm. is creating mayhem? I think <coughs> if you were going to try and transform people's lives, the last thing you would do is cut themselves off from their community and lock them away. Um, it's not a good way to do it. And interestingly, I think the politicians, certainly here in Scotland, are discovering that there are huge differences now between what's happening here and what's happening in the prison south of the border, where there are many, many problems and many, many differences. But a lot of that has to do with the fact that I think over the last decade or so, um, the Scottish government have come up to the plate and said, yep, we're prepared to take seriously the idea that we need to make our communities safer. And you don't do that by making people angry and bitter. 
and ready to hit out when they leave prison. You make communities better by giving people better skills and better community grounding. Mm -hmm. um, so that there's a number of quite difficult political decisions which have not been trumpeted because they are not vote winners. Um, but mm -hmm. you know, have, I think, slowly but surely changed the whole face of how Scotland looks at punishment and looks at prison. Yeah. One of the big issues that I, when I visited prisons when I was moderator, I got this opportunity mm. to spend, you know, spent almost a week going around visiting mm -hmm. prisons, and it was an eye opener for me. Mm -hmm. But there was two areas that I wanted maybe just get your comments on, and the first area I wanted to ask you about is about sex offenders, mm. and in the second area I want to talk to you about is addictions and. The, the, the issue of drink and drugs and how that affects people when people find themselves in prison because of that. Mm -hmm. uh, but these are two main areas that, again, I think are sometimes forgotten about. Sure. And yeah. I, I was thinking about, we, we visited one of the prisons where there was a number of sex offenders mm -hmm. and, of course, um, what we discovered was that none of them were guilty. Of course, and of course. Uh, a big boy did it in another way. Uh -huh. And so <laughs> we had this group of men who, who all wanted to be my friend in some kind of special way, but wanted to say to me, almost it was amazing, because our time would be a cup of tea, and they, <clears throat> they all tried to find a space to talk to me to say, you know, I'm not really, I, I didn't do this. And, and if I hadn't been warned beforehand that this was part of the issue that people don't mm -hmm. want to admit, I might have believed them. Sure. So how do you cope with that then? What about the person who isn't guilty? Sure, um, and, and there are some. There are some, um, and so, some of them simply suck that up and, and do the time. Um, but most of the time, uh, people are there for a, a fairly good reason. Um, the sex offending community, which we have far more of than, than perhaps we, we should have in, in prison. Um, what, what we're seeing at the moment is a lot of historic sex offending um, criminals coming in. Uh, so you've got a lot of old men in jail. We're, we're now looking at possibly a kind of geriatric ward within no, one right. of the, the prisons because so many older people are, are, are coming in. Sex offence, like many, many other offences, is about the abuse of power. And um, sadly, it's an abuse of power that can often really make a huge hole in people's lives. And I'm not talking about the perpetrators, I'm talking about their victims. Victims. We've always got really to be thoughtful really about the victims Absolutely. in a discussion yeah. like this. So yeah. I don't want anyone to think yeah. that we're here just to say, sure. well, the poor, sure. poor, you know, these poor sex yeah. offenders, mm -hmm. because they're mm -hmm. the victims. Yeah. But uh, it's also how you move people on yeah. Um, yeah. to, come, to, are, to, yeah. to be honest. And, yeah. But I think to be honest about what they've done. Of course, I mean, isn't it? Absolutely. Because yeah, that's important yeah. for the victim as yeah. well to know that the person who perpetrated sure. is yeah. facing yeah. up to it. Yeah. But I mean, how difficult it must be if, mm. if they know that that person's going to prison and they're still denying it. Sure, yeah. <clears throat> and, and, you know, if, if it's a serious enough crime, they'll stay in prison for a very, very long time if they continue to die, deny that they, they have uh, had that offence on, the, on their record. Um, the, the sex offender programmes have changed quite dramatically in the years that I've worked in prisons. Um, I think they are better now in terms of the way in which we process people through them and mm -hmm. people are given the opportunity to look very carefully at the kind of decisions they have made and why they might have made these decisions in the past. Um, a number of sex offenders love the idea that God can forgive them 
and you're right when you say that often um, the sex offending community within a prison will be the most religious community within the prison because they, they hear that message of forgiveness but they don't necessarily like the judgment part and they don't necessarily hear that it's important to, to make a confession and uh, repent okay. so that there's a, a, a kind of stage in which as chaplains we need to be fairly hard nosed and say yeah but and look very carefully with them at at how we support them as they go through quite a difficult process because many of them have been abused in their past. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I work with, with young men very often who have been victims and have then become perpetrators you know, throughout, throughout mm-hmm. their, their life history. And that can be terribly difficult to untangle that and, and begin to help them see that all that stuff can be given to God, and that there is nothing that anyone can ever do can separate us from God's love. I mean, that's such an important passage. Uh-huh. It says, and it and it was back to this: we are such complex characters. Yeah, absolutely. And we think this month, this theme of complex characters yeah. is a good thing for yeah. us to just think about, yeah. uh, for us all to see our own complexities. Sure. And the other area, Donald, was just your comments on. You know, I wonder: are we doing the right thing? when someone is maybe addicted to mm. maybe a drugs or alcohol and uh, I know there are reasons if mm. somebody maybe is addicted to alcohol and they get caught for drinking and driving and mm. they have to serve a, serve a prison sentence. Mm. I, I don't have a problem with that, you sure. know, I'm, so I'm not trying to justify that kind mm. of behaviour. Mm-hmm. But what I'm trying to work out is the person who's so hooked up in drugs or alcohol, they find themselves in a situation where they're imprisoned and really is that going to reform them or would they be better yeah. in another in another on another programme. I wish I could say that it was an environment where people could get away from all these things, but Mm -hmm. sadly you can't in prison. People show enormous resources at getting stuff into prisons they shouldn't get into prisons, so it might not necessarily be the environment that people need to give up drugs. I've known people who've got hooked on drugs while they've been inside. And that's just a a fact of life, sad Mm -hmm. though it is. Um, it's not a great environment to try and get people to face up to their addiction. We do have some excellent addiction workers who work within that environment, mm-hmm. but they know, and the guys and the women who come in addicted know that, you know, wh- wh- whatever they are inside, they can avoid, you know, drugs. Mm-hmm. They can avoid anything. Um, but once they're out in the community, it's back in their faces and they're still faced with making these choices once they get back out. I'm not sure we give them the resources necessarily to do that as well as we maybe could. Um, Personally I would like to see people facing these things in the community so that they know where they can go in the community and get them away from stuff. Well, listen, Donald, thank you very much. I think this part of the corridor of the hotel is getting a bit noisier than we expected it to be. Indeed. Yeah, and uh, yeah. we might just leave it this way, and, and hopefully those our listeners will understand it. It's part of the the the, the quirkiness of Sanctuary First is yeah. that we don't try to be over-professional. But it's been great that you've given us your time to think about these topics today. And uh, I look forward to catching up with you again. You're very welcome. And a song that you might uh, like that you think could, we could tie this up in your mind if you get Ooh, anything you could suggest nice. that we yeah. can maybe. Asking me about songs is very difficult because uh, there's a, a big back catalogue there, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, oh, 
dear. Uh, I was listening to something fairly recently and I thought that kind of speaks a wee bit about where I am. I love Bruce Coburn. I don't know if you know Bruce. Bruce. He's a Canadian singer-songwriter. And uh, there's a few songs of his that really kind of resonate with me. Um, The one I was listening to recently was uh, a kind of quirky wee song at the end of one of his his live albums. Um, And I wish I could remember the name of it. the, the chorus is uh, I can't leave you tonight basically um, I, I, I can hear it in my head but I can't well, I tell remember you what, the Donald, name but I'll have will, a look we will, you get back to us and before the podcast yeah. is anything out, could happen That's anything, anything could happen right <laughs> so there you go as you see when you yeah. listen to our podcast anything could yeah. happen yeah. so here's uh, Bruce Coburn with anything, anything could, could happen. happen thank you very much thank you you could have gone off the blues Yeah.